I think this picture sort of depicts what we'd like to be. And I think through God's word uh, that we can be this. You know, when we talk about evangelism, there's many different ways we can look at it. And uh, there may be different ways that we even uh, have been taught to evangelize. And there's so many different ways that we can evangelize that it's not really a, a method or a way. I know that there's people that hand out tracts, there's people that stand on corners, there's uh, all sorts of different ways that we can. I want to talk about that today, how we can build our courage in evangelism. Because many times uh, there's reasons why we don't do it. Our scripture today is out of 2 Timothy 1, 6-9, and it tells us this. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. In that scripture, when we read that, we read about a calling, a holy calling that God has for us. He has a purpose for us. And sometimes as we get older, we think of the things that we would like to do, the things that, that you know we have our hearts set on. But sometimes God has called us to something different. And I really believe that people don't find the peace in their life until they find and discover that which God has called them to do and wants to use them for, but also to walk in that. So we may know, but we still may fight those things that, that God has for us in our life. And so it says, you know, he says, I remind you to stir up that gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. One of the things about laying on of hands that I like, it, it talks really about the church. When the church used to send out people, when the church would, was going to use people for a purpose, they would have the leaders that would come together and they would lay on their hands, they would pray over these people. And what that really meant was that there was a recognition of the gift in those individuals. And so we see here that in a body of believers, there are many that have many different gifts. But all of us need to be evangelistic in the things that we do. He says, therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Sometimes when we're out and about with our friends, it, it, it's almost like we're embarrassed sometimes to talk about Jesus or to talk about our relationship with the Lord. One thing that I've sort of discovered in, in my life, that with my old friends or with people that don't know the Lord, the conversation can only go so far. You know, I like to hunt, I like to fish, there's other hobbies that I like to do, and, and I can get together and I can talk with people about that, but only for a little bit, because really when I'm with my true friends, it's talking about the Lord is the most important thing, because the Lord is a part of my hunting, He's a part of my fishing, He's a part of the hobbies that I do, He's a part of my, my everyday life. And so if we don't have those things in common, it's harder to share those things. But we don't need to walk around being ashamed of those things. He says, don't be ashamed of the, of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me of his prisoner. 
You know, we need to be bold in our, in our presentation. That doesn't mean we need to be loud or, or boisterous, but we need to be bold. That means that we, that, that really means not to be afraid. That's like that little mouse standing up to the cat. We need to be that in our life. And so one of the things that we're going to talk about as we talk about building this church, the number one reason for not doing evangelism in our life is what? The fear of rejection or being turned down, laughed at, or looked at by others as a religious fanatic. So many times, it's, it's like when we're young, uh, men can relate to this. You, you want to ask a girl to the dance or, you know, to, to go out on a date or something. And many times we don't do it because we're afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of somebody saying no to us. And in our, in our spiritual realm, it's the same thing. We're afraid of being rejected. Somebody that's going to give us a, a statement that we really don't know how to handle. I don't need that uh, from you. I don't want to talk religion. I don't need Jesus. So we're afraid of this rejection. We're afraid of maybe uh, friendships that people may end because well, I don't want to be around that person because, you know, they're a religious fanatic. Every time we come together, all they talk about is, is this Jesus. And so many times we're afraid of, of being turned down. We're afraid of being rejected. Um, laughed at, you know, sometimes like, oh, I remember what you were, I remember who you were. Well, we all have a past, but we can use all these things to God's power. And if somebody considers you a religious fanatic, is that really a bad thing? No. To be really considered that I love Jesus so much that he's a part of my everyday life. Well, who should I be trying to please? Galatians 1.10 tells us this. It says, for, I, for do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And so he's really telling us this thing that happens in our life. We have choices. Remember in the Old Testament, it says, choose this day who you will serve. For me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. We have choices every day in, in what we're going to be. Are we going to be men pleasers? Are we going to be those that are just trying to please the people that are around us? Or are we out to please God? Do we want to be living for Him? Do we want to really have His approval? You know, Billy Graham said one time uh, as he was being interviewed, you know, all he wanted to hear when he got back to heaven was, Well done, good and faithful servant. See, God wants us to be His tool. He wants us to be active in His service. Are you doing that? You know, I asked you last week, how many of you were intentional about your faith in the past week? I can ask you that again this week. You don't need to raise your hand or say anything, but were you intentional about your faith this week with somebody? It might be a neighbor. It might be somebody you work with or have a coffee with, or maybe it's a, a friend you just correspond with, you know, over, over emails or some other social media. Have you been intentional with your faith? Or are you embarrassed or afraid? Because we need to please God, and we never know where that seed is going to drop and take root. You know, we are, we are the, the, the broadcasters. We're the ones that cast the seed out. We're the ones that, that stick the seed out there. And who knows, down the road, somebody else may add to that. Remember Paul and Paulus, who I watered, or one planted, one watered, but it's God who gives the increase? Well, you can't have a plant grow if there's not a seed that's there. And so God has called us to be this type of a farmer that is casting the seed into people's lives. We speak it wherever we can and however we can. Are you more concerned about offending man or offending God? Are you more concerned about 
pleasing man or pleasing God? And that's a question we need to ask ourselves. Joshua says this, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's a promise we can take with us, right? But he tells us this, have I not commanded you? So you say, well, I'm, I'm just not a courageous person. Just by my nature, I'm, I'm timid, I'm shy. I'm... God has commanded us to be courageous in his word. He has told us that if we really believe in him and in his word, that we should proclaim that boldly to people. We shouldn't be ashamed. If we have that answer... For what the world is missing, we're looking around today and people have questions. They had it during the COVID and the COVID's still going on, though we don't hear much about it right now because of the other mess that's going on. But people have questions and all the things that are going on in the world today can come back to a spiritual side of things. Okay. So the COVID, when people were getting sick and dying, there was questions about, well, is this the, the plagues in Revelation? Well, the, it opens the door. Are people losing their faith? What are we going to do when the doors of the church, you know, when we can't meet like we're meeting right now? What's going to happen with all this? And there was all this anxiety and all these things, but they were things that had spiritual answers. As we look at the riots and the things that are going on, we can see that there's a spiritual problem there. Again, as was shared during prayer time, people have the right to protest things peacefully, not destroying other people's property. But when we look at the world, are you really surprised that there's looting and that there's those opportunistic things or that there's people trying to make a big race issue that's going on? Those are all spiritual conditions, a spiritual sickness that is going on with people. If you don't value the life of people or the property of people, yes, you're going to do those things. If you don't value the lives of people, you're going to treat them differently. But that's the way that the world is going, right? That's why abortion is, is legal, and that's why people have, have such a view of that. Because once they start that, it gets easier and easier, and pretty soon euthanasia comes. And then where's the value in an old person's life? Is it easier to pull the plug in this situation or that situation? Satan wants us to devalue the things that God has placed great value on. He talk, talks of people. He says, I knew you from your mother's womb. You were wonderfully made. We were created in the image of God for his purpose. Lives are very important to him. And yet the world tries to minimize lives as, as being things that we can just discard. He says, have I not commanded you, be strong, be courageous. Doesn't mean that, that we're going to win every battle that we're on or that we're going to get everybody that we talk to converted into Christianity. But we need to be strong. Okay, That means that we need to stand. And we stand in the power of his might, not our might. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In our own might, we're going to get tossed to and fro. But in his power, we can stand. So we're strong and we're courageous. It says, do not be afraid. We don't need to be afraid of the things of the world. Because we know that as believers, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're in the palm of his hand. He has your days in his hand. He says that he will be our shield and our fortress. Paul even said of death as he was coming upon it, he says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He knew that there was something greater even in death. 
So as believers, we have nothing to fear. But it says, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that you're going through, God is with you. And God will give you the strength that you need. And so why do we need courage? Well, when we look at these things, we can say this. In Luke 9, 25, 26, For whosoever is ashamed of me in my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory, and in his Father's, and in the holy angels. Listen, he's telling you right there, it's pretty clear, that if we're embarrassed of God, he's going to be embarrassed of us. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, he is ashamed to be a Christian. You know, when there was the big Islamic movement not long ago, you know, all of a sudden we became very tolerant of things. And oh, well, you know, all paths lead to heaven. They don't. They don't. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Somehow the world, see, they want us to, to be tolerant of all these things. And we can't be. We can't be. We need to be uh, proud of the Word of God and hold that as our final authority and our only authority in our life. People without Jesus in their life are going to hell. And that's the message we need to proclaim. And the world's going to persecute you for saying that because they want us to be tolerant. They want us to be tolerant of, of all these other religions that are going on. But as you dive into these religions, you see the false doctrines. You see the subtle teachings that are, are drifted away from the Word of God. And that's why we hold to the Word of God so closely. We hate the sin, but we'll love the sinner. So we don't tolerate abortions. We don't tolerate homosexual marriage. We don't tolerate those things because they're against God's Word. It's not us that declare it. It's what God's Word has said about those things. And if we're ashamed of Him and of His Word, it says that He will be ashamed of us at His coming. It says, but the cowardly, cowardly unbelieving, abominable, Murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, adulterers, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone in the second death. We don't even preach about hell much anymore because it could be offensive to people. We don't want to, you know, scare people. We want to make it subtle that, you know, if you just try hard, if you just, you know, do some good things, surely God will... will love you and take you in. We use that old scale method. If I do more good things than bad things, the scales are going to weigh out in my favor. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible tells us that God calls those whom are elect. He calls us and we answer to him and we become his as a bond servant. One of our scriptures talked about being a bond servant of Christ. That means we're linked to him. That means that we do his bidding. That means that he, what he has called us to do, we do. We're linked to him because he's paid the price on Calvary for us. He gave his life. He gave his all for you. And when we truly believe in the word of God, when we truly believe in Jesus Christ, when we truly believe what the Bible says, it changes the way that we do things in our life. It changes how we view people. It changes how we, how we treat people. It changes even how we look at things or how we speak about things. When God comes in, he says, Oh, behold, all things 
have become old, all things are now new in our life. He transforms us. It's nothing that we do of ourselves. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that is in us. So are we cowardly? Are we unbelieving? You know, do you believe what God's Word says? Do you hold it as truth? People are always trying to justify themselves out of the Word of God. Say, well, that was a different time. That was for this. That was for that. No, the Word of God speaks to us in times of trouble. In the answers that we get, we don't always uh, like because it may require that we change in our life. And most of us don't like to change, especially the older that we get. We sort of become comfortable in our ways and in our life and the things that we do. But God says, you need to be bold. You need to be bold for me and not ashamed of my word. We need to pray for boldness. We need to learn to share Christ in ways that... Uh, are not always face to face. We can leave tracks on tables when we eat in restaurants. I used to do that. Have a track with us, sometimes just put it in there and, and it's not in a substitution for a tip. You still should tip your waitress, but you can give a you can give a track. It's one way that we can do things. You can leave them in laundry mats or restrooms. I don't know if you've ever gone to a restroom and you find one sitting there, but I have from time to time. People leave them laying around or at truck stops, different places. Insert them in letters to friends or neighbors, even bills. My daughter who works for um, the garbage company out of Thorpe, she every now and then will, will send an encouraging letter to some people that she knows with their bill. She'll just send something out with their, with their bill. When's the last time you intentionally gave somebody some piece of scripture or, or some, you know, we have little books back here, we have pamphlets, we have the daily breads, we have the in touch, we have all sorts of different ones where you've given that to somebody and said, here, read this. I think that you'll find this interesting. There's all sorts of ways that we can do that. So there's ways that we can do it that are not always face to face. We have a lady in this congregation likes to send cards to people. That's a wonderful way to bless somebody, to be a ministry. We have others that do all sorts of other things within the body that we can bless people, but we can also do it with our community. Let our light shine naturally, is what I put. It's not putting on a fake face. It's not trying to be something that you're not. But just if God is doing a work in you and he is changing you, just let that naturally shine in people's lives. Well, how do you do that? You offer thanks in public places. I'm not a big one to say that uh, um, people always need to bow their head and pray real, oh Lord, thank you for this meal, and, and draw attention to yourself. But sometimes it's just bowing your head. Mm -hmm. Just a quiet prayer if you're by yourself. But people see that. People recognize that. People acknowledge maybe what you're doing. Keep your Bible with you. Now, nowadays we have our phone, so a lot of times we have our Bible right on our phone, but do you got the Bible with you? You know, how can you share the gospel sometimes if you don't have the word of God with you? I always try to have one in my vehicles and I have one at home and I have one in my office. We're not short on Bibles. We have a lot of Bibles around here. Use them. Use them. Make sure that you have that with you. And express your faith when talking to people. You know, tell people I'll be praying for you. How often do we tell people that? I'll be praying for you. I know you're going through a, a difficult time. I'll be praying for you. And then pray for them. And it's not always just... Telling them, I will pray for you, 
but just as we did here with this passing this morning, let's pray right now. Show your faith in that way because that's where people see that it's real and genuine. We're sowing those seeds and it's in that that people see our relationship with Christ. You know, people shouldn't just be surprised when they find out you're a Christian. Oh, really? You're a Christian? Really? Well, why should that surprise them? Usually it's the other way around. Usually I'll see a person and, and I'll tell somebody, I bet you that person's a Christian. Just by the way they're acting or the way they're presenting themselves, the way that they're talking. And usually when I sit with them, I find out that it is. We have this light in us that is natural. He tells us, be salt of the world. Be light. And what does he say about the light? Don't cover it. But you go up on a hill so all can see. You show your Christianity to people. You know, a lot of times it's not just the words that you say, but it's the way that you act. It's the way that you treat people. There's a lot of division going on in the world today. There's a lot of views that people have about things. And I want to be a person that loves everybody. That people say, you know, we may not think the same or we may not like the same things, but, you know, he always treats me with respect. He always treats me good. One of the things I enjoy at the prison is uh, my boy is an officer, and a lot of times the, the guys that come up will speak highly of him. And, you know, sometimes they give us the credit for it, my wife and I the credit for it, but they'll say, I can tell that your son was raised right because he treats people good. Well, he has to make that choice when he's an adult too. But part of it is that. We are an example to others in how we treat people how we walk with people through situations, how much we care for people and the things that they are going through. So should people say no, just remember this, because there's gonna be a lot more people that probably say no than yes in our life, right? Because that's just the odds. The, the Bible says narrow is the path and few are them who find it. So what are some ways? Remember this. They are not rejecting you but they are rejecting the one who has sent you. A lot of times people are, are going to reject the word, but it's not really rejecting you. They may like you as a friend, they may like you as a person, but they're rejecting the one who sent you. we got to get beyond taking these things very personal in our life. Okay? So they're rejecting, why would they reject them? They judge themselves sometimes as, as unworthy. I can't tell you how many times I've talked with individuals and, and they said, you know, why would God want to deal with me? Why would God love me? You don't understand what I've done. You don't understand where I've been or what I've gone through. And there are some people that have gone through a, a lot of harsh, harsh things in their life. You know, we deal some with veterans and veterans have, have faced things many of us could never even imagine in our life. And I remember uh, discussing with one man that was in, he says, you know, you don't understand what I did when I was over there. And it was like, you know, God understands. We don't always need to understand. I can't understand. I've never been in that situation. But God has a love and God can forgive us of whatever it is in our life that we have done. There is no sin so big that he will not forgive, no pit so deep he won't lift you out of it. God loves you that much. And so... A lot of times people are just, they don't feel worthy of coming and having that relationship with God. Why would anybody love me? Why would God love me? How many times have people said, if I come in that church, your walls will fall down? 
They make sort of a joke out of it, but sometimes they think that. They think, oh, everybody's going to stare at me. They know what I am. They know what I've done. They, yeah. And so a lot of times, again, when they're rejecting, they're rejecting God. They're not rejecting you. And a lot of times it's just because they don't feel uh, worthy of it. But continue to look for other people. Just because you stopped once and somebody said no, doesn't mean that there isn't others out there. Be bold and, and you know, set up in your life that every day I want to share Jesus with at least two people, however I can, whatever opportunity. I'm getting gas today. When I go to pay my gas bill, I'm just going to give the gal a, a track. You know, sometimes it's going to go in the, the trash. Sometimes they may hold it and they may read it later. You never know what somebody is going through in their life. And you can have that opportunity. You're succeeding every time you sow the word. Every time you sow that word in faith, you're succeeding. And again, the Bible tells us time and time again that when we share the word of God, it will not return void. People ponder those things. They think of those things. You know, that was one of the sayings was to, to get the believing man to think and the thinking man to believe. A lot of times you can spark conversations that just get people thinking about things. I remember when I was a young man and I'd go hunting with a friend and we'd come over and meet for coffee and one of the people that he was working for was a <clears throat> bold Christian lady in her faith and she would ask, you know, if you were to die tonight, why would God let you into heaven? And that got me thinking, why would God? And I, you know, I tried to come up with my own reasons and, and as we got together and we'll talk about those and she'd say, but the Bible says this. You know, it's not your works. I'm not as bad as other people. Well, that's great, you know, but I'm not as good as other people either. So there's people worse than me. There's people better than me. But the Bible says we're all separated, that there's none righteous, not one. And so it's not by works, but it's through grace in faith that we have that relationship with Jesus. So every time we sow that word, if we can get somebody to think, and we never know that time that somebody's going through something. Have you ever just reached out to somebody's life and, and maybe you just thought, you know, I've got to give this person a call. I haven't talked with them in a while. And, and you give them a call and, and they'll say, you know, you don't know how much this phone call meant. Or you stop by and visit and they'll just say, you know, I'm so glad that you stopped today because I was having a rough day. See, God has a plan and a calling in our life. And when we listen to him and walk in obedience to him, there's always that opportunity. Take satisfaction knowing that you're being obedient to God. We're not, we're not out there just trying to put notches on our Bible or on our belt buckle saying, well, I led this one to Christ, I led this one to Christ, I led this one to Christ. No, our glory is in his glory. Our glory is knowing that we have done what God has called us to do that we've either planted or that we've watered, but we give him the glory anyways because he's the one that gives the increase. If somebody comes to Christ, we praise God. It says the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner who's come to him. Amen. We bring glory to God when we walk in his ways. And that's what we need to do in our life. We need to bring glory to God in the way that we walk and the things that we do. We need to be obedient to his word. We need to be bold in his word. If God says it, I believe it, and it's good enough for me. I remember a song that used to be sung like that, and it's really the method that, that we need as believers. In this world of tolerance, in this world of, of bending rules, in this world of, of you know, self-justification and, 
and you know whatever it is that this world has we need an absolute and the absolute is the Word of God and when we read it we need to apply it to our life that's what God has called us to do it tells us again God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind listen to that he's not given us a spirit of fear if you have the Holy Spirit in your life he has not given you that fear. That fear is a temptation of Satan. That is Satan whispering in your ear saying, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not you know, right enough, you're not going to be able to give the answer. And my favorite thing to tell people no matter where they're at when we train new employees at the prison or if it's dealing with Christians that are trying to evangelize somebody else, you don't always need the answer right that second. When I was young, and first saved, I began to teach Sunday school with kids that had been raised in the church. They knew way more about the Bible than what I knew. And they used to have fun trying to stump me, stump the chump at Sunday school church, you know. So they'd always come up with these weird questions, but I'd always write them down. And I'd always bring them back the answer the next week. And one of them, many years later, and I think he's the head of Young Life, or he was the head of Young Life in the Chicago, Illinois area, but he came back years later and he, he said, you know, I, I want to thank you for always following through with those things. He says, you knew that we were just funning with you and teasing with you back then, didn't you? And I said, yeah, I sort of knew that. But you know, God used that for my good. He developed in me a way that I could get into God's word more and read God's Word. So even today I have some people that ask questions, and, and I mean any, any good pastor will be the same way. If they don't have the answer, I'll, I'll look it up and I'll get back to you. I really don't know what that is. You know, we had some discussion this morning on the two witnesses in, in Revelation. Well, we have some theories on who we think it is, but it prompts some of us maybe to look a little bit deeper and to see if, you know, if there's more clarity in those things. We don't always need the answer right now because people appreciate you willing to take the time to look it up and to do that. He has not given us this power of uh, spirit of fear, but it says a power of love and of a sound mind. Love is the thing that, that motivates us to do what we do. All these things are wrapped up in love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the underlying thing of why we do what we do. If you just use people and love things, you're on the wrong track. God has called us to love people. We may not always like what they do, but we're to have a love for them because they're made in the image of God. And it says in a sound mind. That means knowing what you believe, knowing what and why you believe. That's what God has given us. We know what is right. We need to walk in those things. So let's build our, our courage and evangelism as we talk about this. And, and uh, we can be that little mouse. And if you look at that cat, that cat's sort of backing up a little bit. Yeah. You know? He's like, what is going on here? You know, we can be that in the lives of those two. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word again. We thank you, Lord, for the power that you have given us in our life through the Holy Spirit. Lord, none of the things that we do are of any value unless you are involved in it. And Lord, we know that it is by your spirit in your might and your power that we can do what we do. You have given us the tools that we need, each one of us in our calling, 
to do the things that you have called us to do. And Lord, I just pray that we will do that. I pray that we will be fearless in our evangelism and that we will be uh, courageous in our walk. Lord, help us to say yes to you when you call us and to hold your Bible in such a reverent light that we know that it is the truth and has the answers for all things. We know this, Lord. And so we just pray that you would reaffirm this in our life. So, Lord, just be with us this week. Help us to be intentional with our faith and with those that we come in contact with. And we ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen.